Crispy, blazed, toasty, faded, lit. No matter what you call it, if you're high, you're too high to drive. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. You're listening to WBCALP, 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. Hello, hello, you're listening to Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones. So I just want to thank everyone who comes on so faithfully to listen to our show and listen to some ideas and um, just really tools and, you know, encouragements on how to stay up and how to keep that momentum and how to stay, you know, alive and keep it fresh and spontaneous, you know, um, and and reaching some of those goals, reaching some of those benchmarks and, you know, and, and, um, and not hitting the pause button. And if you do have to hit the pause button, just don't keep it there on pause for years, you know. Pause is simply sometimes we get to rest, we get to um, restructure, we get to kind of uh, figure out, you know, <clears throat> what we want our next steps to be. Because remember, as we talked about last week, yeah, everything's a choice. We're making choices, and uh, we want to make sure that we're putting thought and prayer into our next steps and the choices that God, you know, wants us to make. And when we uh, read a, read the poem about the mountain, um, well, we took excerpts from the poem, The Mountain, by Laura Ding Edwards, uh, you know, shout out uh, to her poem. But basically, is just because you slowed down or you rested, it doesn't mean that you're defeated, you know, um, doesn't mean that you're a failure. It's just a moment. And sometimes we all need to take a moment, a retreat, a vacation, a pause. But don't let the pause be too long. So, um, And so, you know, we just want to stay alive and afresh. You know, we, li- we live in a world and a society where uh, there's lots of adversity. There's things coming, challenges. Things are moving quick, you know, and um, our perception of ourselves is sometimes based upon what we hear or what we see. And we start making these general, you know, uh, generalizing or comparing ourselves, especially social media. We start to compare ourselves, our jobs, our ministries, our life, our children, you know. Um, and so and then sometimes that's the sign that we're we're moving maybe backwards and not forwards because we are unique, right? We're, we're our own fingerprint. So the only thing you know how to be is you, your fingerprint. And if your fingerprint is based upon uh, this, this, and this person and what this person says or that person does, you know, then you're losing who you are. And God has fashioned you and has, you know, predestined you, before, while you were in your mother's womb, he thought about you and what your destiny would be and that you would walk and fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. And that's what we want. You know, we want to push everyone forward. This is my opportunity to be able to help you push higher and be greater uh, because the one who is great is within you. And so we each house within us the third person of the Godhead, Right. He's dwelling in us. 
and he wants to um, be able to make our lives rich. And I don't mean necessarily financially rich, but we want to be excellent in everything that we do and everything that we say. And when adversity hits, and it will, that we'll be able to stand, right? Because our 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 house was built on the rock, right? And not on sand, not on quicksand. So I wouldn't want to build a house on quicksand, right? Because you know it's a matter of time. It's going to begin to collapse, And so we want to build our house on the rock. And we've read in the Bible that the rock is Jesus Christ. The rock is the gospel, right? And so, therefore, we want to build our house on the rock. And speaking of building our house, today's show is segmented around the promises of God. One of my favorite scriptures is that the promises of God are yes and amen, right? So it's like you you, you just got to give your solid okay. You have to give your yes. And amen means completed, so be it, right? And so we're going to just read different promises. And as we read them, you know, sometimes we may have a solid yes. And then sometimes we're still in the midst. We're still working on it, you know? So um, I I was uh, doing, not as a side conversation and I sometimes can do rabbit trails but uh one of the things uh we had a demonstration on an onion and so we got the opportunity to begin to try to peel this onion right so first it was just hard um it really depends on the onion you have I had a white onion that was pretty solid and it was just hard to find the starting place to be able to peel it, right? And so at first, so I'm, I'm really trying to pull. So I had to get to that little tip, that root, and start trying to pull. And, you know, it was hard to, it kept breaking and tearing. And then it was hard to peel and pluck up. But once I began to start the peel, then it began to peel, and then I was able to do the next one. And it's layers. An onion is layers. And then after you peel this onion back, and, you know, then the thin layers become thicker. And then the thicker, the more you peel, then the more uh, the aroma, the stench of the, the onion became so strong. And then your eyes would possibly begin to water and so on. But one of the things that I made, and I thought I, I likened that onion is peeling back some of the layers of trauma and the layers of degree of uh, uh, pain that is in some of our lives, right? Um, as we begin this healing journey and this healing process of being healed, right? Right, and so therefore, you you look at it like an onion, and all these layers of trauma and pain and and tribulation and different things and experiences, negativity, pain, you know, is around this core of the onion. That when we begin to peel it off, there was the soft, you know, um, hidden core of the onion, and in the midst of it, on the tip was this green. And then you could see the line of the root. And it just reminded me of the promise that he'll never leave me or forsake me. And that if that that's me, at one point was hidden in the midst of all the pain in my life and the things that I had gone through in my life that were painful. And yet God was always there with me. And so this onion was the demonstration of that promise for me. 
that Rochelle, no matter what you go through, no matter what storms, no matter what pain, no matter what inflictions that people have placed upon you or the mistakes that you have made, I will never leave you or forsake you. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And as I sometimes become a little fearful because I see death around me sometimes, or you might witness a loved one who is really sick and uh, maybe have a few days to live. And even when I see that, even when I was there transitioning with my mother and my aunt and my uncle and my cousin who were passing away, and they were there in their final moments, he was still with them. They were conscious of who he was and that they knew that they were going to be with the Father. And that sometimes we try to think in the future and we get afraid, right? But we, we, we can't, we just have to know that God is going to walk us through whatever processes we are in, whatever struggles. It could be for your business. It could be for your relationship. It could be that you have children right now that just seem like they're not listening and they are going to lose their way and you're afraid. These are the same children that you birthed and nurtured and loved and tried to protect. And yet you see them moving away from safety. He'll be with you. He'll be with them even into the ends of the world. So when we talk about promises, promises are to help us be strong. Promises are there to help us to be able to have something greater than ourselves to trust and to hope in. You might be in a relationship that just seems hopeless, like you don't think it's going to work. And it may not, but it could. But you, what is the promise of God is that he'll be there. And so we're going to just read a, a few promises, and, and, um, and, and they're always good um, to refer back to, to keep them in the, in, you know, right there before your, your eyes, you know, keep them in your heart. This word have I hid in my heart that I would not sin against them. The Bible tells us in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, we're not talking about rest, like when we need so tired we have to go to bed. We're talking about my soul needs rest. I need that peace. I need a moment when things are coming so quick at me. The Lord says, come to him. If you're, he's not afraid if you're weary. He's not afraid if you're burdened or troubled. He's not afraid of, of the adversity that surrounds you. He just said, come to me. He said, and, you know, and then he said, I will give you rest. He said, then take my yoke upon you because you got to learn from me because he's, he's, he, he, not only is he going to protect us in the moment, but then he's going to give us strategies. He's going to give us tools and ways of eliminating it from happening again and again and again. And sometimes when we think about trauma or we think about abuse, we think about victimization. He wants to take us from victim to victorious. And in order to do that, he's got to teach us. We've got to learn of him. We have to know his character. We have to know his heart. 
We have to know that he loves us so much and that he doesn't want uh, us traumatized and in pain. He doesn't want us feeling rejected. He's like, how can you feel rejected when I'm here? He's like, take, look, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He said, because then you'll know that I am gentle and humble in heart. And you're going to find rest for your souls. So that's a promise. The other promise he gives us is Jeremiah 29 and 11. He said, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Right? Says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and not a, and a hope. And so he is trying to let us know that I, 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 you're, you're not going through life by osmosis. I have a plan for you. I have a plan for your life, you know? And, and, and it's not, you see, sometimes we hear that, you know, God puts these terrible things on us. But he said, my plan for you is good. It's not of evil. It's not of disasters. That's the first thing is that you have to realize that God's plan for you is good. It is not to destroy you or to hurt you. The Bible tells us that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He comes to hurt and to bring weariness and to bring pain and to bring hatred, right? But God constantly says, no, I, I'm here to give you good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. In so many ways, he wants us to see that he is so there for us, that he's not going to leave you. He's there for good. He wants you to have a good future. And so you have to rule out the enemy's lies that try to say, no, he's after you. He, he, he's bringing all this pain and trouble to you. <laughs> He said, but I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. What are you saying? I'm saying there's two parts to that scripture. It's saying that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I am come, and so the Bible says, God says, that you will have life and have it more abundantly, more fulfilled, more protected, right? And so <laughs> we, 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 we have to begin to dispute the lies of the enemy. Another uh, favorite scripture of mine is 2 Peter 1 and 4. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Hmm. Ah, some, I, I, you know, when, I, when we don't really know God, and, and, and I mean, I know we're still learning. I know I'm still learning of who he is and his nature and his character. But when we don't know or we think we know, it's like, it's like that onion, right? It's like, I wouldn't have done the exercise because how many times have we chopped up an onion and think we know? But as you begin to actually peel the layers 
and see that there's this core, this protected core, that God was still protecting it and loving it, even in the midst of all of that outside trauma, you know? And maybe it's hard to crisscross the analogy of pain and an onion, you know, trauma, healing, and an onion, and just good cooking. But I'm simply saying, as a lot of times, the enemy presents to us um, a character about God that is not true. Um, have you ever somebody talked about somebody so bad and it's almost like you were there, you feel that person's pain and you can take on an, of an offense. It's like you don't like them either. And I, I, try, I try to refuse to do that because it's like this. It's like, look, I, they didn't do anything to me. And even though I can hear you and your experience with them, that doesn't mean that's going to be my experience. It could be. But I want to give it the benefit of the doubt sometimes because I've found in life that just because another person had a problem with someone doesn't mean that I will, you know, or you better discern it because it also could mean that, wow, this is their nature and they just go around destroying everybody. But I don't know. I want to weigh it out. I want to observe. I want to discern it, you know, sometimes for myself. But sometimes somebody can tell me something about a person and I take on that defense, that offense, even though they, 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 like they've done it to me. But let's not do that with God, right? Let's not have this painted picture of him because we really don't know him. We don't really know him for ourselves. We have not really tasted and seen whether he's good or not. We just know that a tsunami comes and we blame God. We always say, God, why did you? You know, and, and, and the enemy, the devil, who's right, who really goes about, you know, seeking to devour who he may, and we pray he does not devour you or I, but he gets off scot-free because he's allowed, he, because he's been able to make deposits of a, and talk about the character of God when it's not necessarily true. So we want to look at another promise, Philippians 4.19. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. He, I, he will supply all of our need, right? And so do do we trust that? It's a promise, right? The promise doesn't necessarily mean that I have to, you know, I, I have to trust it. I have to trust what God is saying. Proverbs 1 and 33 says, But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Well, that's a promise. All who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. So, wow. What about Isaiah 40, 29 through 31? This is a promise. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. 
Now, even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust, some Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. (laughs) He's like, look, even the youth, young people, they get tired and weak. You know, even our young men, they fall in, in exhaustion. You know, but he will give power to the weak and strength to the powerless. I felt powerless sometimes. Sometimes I don't always know what to do about a situation. But he said, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. When you trust in God, you'll get a strength you don't even know you had. Supernatural strength will come upon you. To do what? To begin to soar high on wings like eagles, to run and not grow weary. And you will walk and you won't faint. You won't get tired easy. You won't give up. You won't faint. Hallelujah. What a promise. For the promises of God, remember, they are yes and amen. I'm going to receive that from Isaiah 40, 29, 31. For the days when I feel I'm not strong enough, I don't know enough, I may be getting tired and weary, right? Then trust the Lord. Romans 8, 37 through 39, what a promise. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is Ours through Christ, who loved us, right? And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. What a promise. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I am holding on to that promise that nothing, nothing, nothing Nothing I can ever go through, nothing that comes my way will be able to separate me from God's love. Whew. Did I always feel loved? Did I always feel like God cared? I'm like, what a mission. I said, God, show me your love. Show me not only your love, but how to love. And how to love humans. Sometimes don't keep their promises. Sometimes they're not faithful. Sometimes they let you down. But how can we love like you love? It's a mystery to try to understand God's love. 
You know, God's love sometimes feels so complex. You know, that just brings me to a thought. I'm going to turn to it in um, 1 Corinthians 13. Just give me one second. And I'm going to start in verse... It's, I'm going to start in verse 3. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And then it begins to tell you what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It is not boastful. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not irritable and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God is love. So when I think about this, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Lord, help me to stand on that promise. But also, when I read 1 Corinthians and I read about what your love entails, wow, give me the strength to love properly like you did, like you do. And we don't always do things right. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't have another child, his only begotten son. That's who, that whoever will believe upon him will not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 God's love gives. It gives beyond measure. Lord, help us to have that kind of love. And not let it be conditional. You know, like you, you, you love someone because they've been good to you or they loved you or they've been nice. But get us to that point where we can pray and love our enemies and pray for them and want to see a change in them. That's powerful. That's powerful stuff. Romans 10 and 9, if you, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. We're going to end on that note. You'll be saved. It's a promise. It's a promise that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. I want us to just ponder on that. Today we were just kind of talking about the promises of God. And when you can stand on those promises, it will help you to not give up. Once again, you're listening to Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones. You have a powerful, 
powerful week and remember that greatness is on the inside of you. God bless.